0: Welcome to Encounter. We want nothing more than to help you find and follow Jesus. If you're a college student in Central Illinois, head to isuencounter.org or download our student app to learn about all that's happening here. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Raise your hand if you did not go to sleep last night. Nope. All right, I know who to watch. No, I'm just kidding. I'll call you out. No, I'm just kidding. That's impressive. I, Yeah. I'm a, like, this whole schedule, I told a p- few people, is very different from what I'm, I'm used to. I'm usually, like, in bed at 9 30 and up early, and you guys are the opposite. So, uh, this is fun. Okay. Um, we're, for those of you who are not here, um, last night we're looking at the parable to, of the sower, and basically there's four seeds or four types of soil that the Word of God is presented to. And the big question is what is the status of your heart? And when we look at these soils, we have to be honest with ourselves and ask God to show us the status of our heart. Uh, three of these soils, in some way, either there's, there's no fruit or there's, or there's very little growth. And that is not as a result of the word, that's a result of, uh, of the heart. Um, and so the one we're going to look at today is the rocky soil. Um, and so the question is, has the... Have difficulties in life kept you from trusting that it is worth it to follow God? Let's read, we'll read the whole passage um, from Luke. So we're in Luke chapter 8, um, verses 4 through 15. It's also in Matthew 13, but we'll reference that a little bit later. So Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, He said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would work in our hearts, give us humility, help us to receive your Word with joy in Christ's name we pray amen. Um, when I was in around junior high, um, my again so I, those of you who weren't here last night, uh, I was raised in a very religious home. My dad was a Christian school teacher for twenty two years uh, we, we We followed all the rules like very religious okay um, i won 't spend a whole lot of time on that, but um, when I was in junior high. Uh, our family faced a, a a pretty major trial, and I f- and then a couple years later, I found out that at that point my dad became an atheist. Now he did not tell me this because um, you know he wanted to to say that he believed there was no God, but I think ultimately I think he he believes in God just as much as I do. He just he just hates him, but he did tell my mom at the time of the trial of the testing, before he like, became an atheist, he said to my mom, I felt like God stabbed me in the back. So there was a, a difficulty that came, and because of that difficulty, when he was called to trust God through it, it wasn't, wasn't going to happen. God had, had let him down by allowing this difficulty to happen. Some of you... Are currently carrying you're going through real hard trials and if you if you or you have in the past the, the bad news is it's pretty accurate i've heard other people say you're either coming out of a trial or you're heading into one and that's what is pictured by these rocks but life is hard for everybody. I mean, there's nobody, Christian or atheist, you're going to go through life, you're going to have hard trials. So we're going to look at, okay, what is it about being a Christian and a follower of Jesus that's, that's different here? Um, it's the response. So every single person, every person that is alive is going to have difficulty come. That's, the difficulty itself is not the greatest trial it's what we as followers of Jesus are called to do in response to that or that we're called to trust God's goodness through it that is so hard just going and i've you know you learn this going through a trial just going through a trial is not that's not it Ma- making it through and being alive at the end of the trial is not the victory anyone can can survive trials As Christians, we have, and jumping a little bit ahead, there's this work that God wants to do of bearing fruit that is so testing and and so difficult. Um, Let's read from Matthew this passage. So this is Matthew chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. And then the explanation, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. It's not just when the suffering comes, it's this element of the 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 reception of God's word and letting it work in us in spite of the trial that's so hard. Now, if you notice he receives it, this person receives it with joy. Okay, so you know, I do spend a lot of time on this, but this is a person that they hear about heaven. Like, you know, who doesn't want to go to heaven? Like, hey, do you want to go to a place where, you know, it's wonderful and fantastic? Well, yeah, sure, sign me up. Um, but Jesus talks about it's, that salvation and being a Christian is not just about where you go when you die. It's that you have a new identity. You are a citizen of a different kingdom. You're called to be a servant like your Savior. And some people, they, like, they, hear, the, they, they hear what they want to hear, maybe, and they receive that with joy. But then when they hear the cost, it's, it's not worth it. Um, Jesus says, that if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's not pleasant. There's, there's two ways in this passage that we see um, the testing. One is persecution because of the word and one is uh, trouble because of the word. Persecution is when someone else, you are, you are suffering specifically because you're a Christian. Okay? Everybody goes through diff, general trouble specifically because you're a Christian, and my guess is you are probably more likely to face this because of your situation, if you're in college and dorm life, that kind of stuff, than I am. And so this is a legitimate thing to consider. Um, some of you, you there's, there's the aspect of, and, we, and there's scales of persecution, right? But you might get made fun of because you don't join in You don't go get wasted or get high with your roommates or you don't sleep around or you don't share porn or you don't live to make money or whatever it is. Like, and you will, you, I'm sure you could share stories of times where you've had someone make fun of you or, you know, you, you get kind of kicked out of a group or whatever it is because you're not joining in sin because you're trying to follow Jesus. And that is a form of persecution because of being a follower of Jesus. Suffering comes along with that. And what the Word says is not what we want to hear, but it's basically Jesus says, if the world hates me, then they're going to hate you. He says, remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And then we have a promise in uh 1 Timothy not a promise that we like it says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted you can you can and this is the opposite of what we sometimes hear hey if you follow Jesus he's going to make your life go well you're going to be happy like and yes there's a there are internal blessings from following Jesus but often following Jesus and identifying as a follower of Jesus brings a unique attack. It could be, could be loss of friend. It could be a boyfriend or girlfriend that rejects you. It could be you have a professor that finds out you're a Christian and just for whatever reason is just going to come after you. It could be anything. And the message is not that if you follow Jesus, you know it'll, it'll go well. The message is, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen but there's an eternal crown waiting for you. The, one that I, the aspect though, I want to spend a little more time on is not the persecution aspect, although that's, again, that's probably a part of a lot of your story as far as currently. Um, it's the trouble that comes on account of the word that I want to spend a little bit more time on. We looked at James... And James talks about, we talked about this yesterday, the difficulty of looking in the mirror of God's Word and then humbling yourself and being willing to let it change you. That is is—that is a trouble, a difficulty that comes on account of God's Word. Because what happens is, every day, we go through these, these little trials and difficulties that are like a, a stone being put on your heart. Sometimes they're giant boulders just slammed down out of nowhere. Sometimes they're little stones. And they're they're things that everyone faces, Christian or non-Christian. Muslim, atheist, everybody faces these difficulties. But the trouble that comes on account of the word is where Jesus calls us to respond in a way that we do not want to respond to those. I mean, it's the most from the most minor thing like um patience with an annoying roommate to you know the the bigger things um you know the things that are like a one-time event it's all those little things where the difficulty comes and we can either respond with bitterness and anger or um you know selfishness or we can respond with love we can respond with a, a servant attitude. Um, enduring suffering. So I talk about this a little like Anybody can, anybody can uh, physically go through a trial. Christians called to patiently endure suffering. So I can think of times in my life where I've gone through a trial. And it's like, oh, I made it through that trial. And then I'm like... I didn't make it through that trial any better than a non-Christian did. The trial came. I went through it. Now the trial is gone. That is not that that stone was still there. Because I didn't patiently endure it trusting a good and loving God. That's patiently enduring. So I want to take so then in James Listen to this and just just think about how difficult this is. How really insane this is. Consider it pure joy. This is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I don't want perseverance. I don't want to go through a trial trusting that God loves me. I want to go through a trial, fighting it, um, doing everything I can to change it. This is not a thing that we look at and we're like, yeah, that's what we want. No, we look at this and we're like, I don't want to have joy in my trials. I want to be angry in my trial. I want to stop my trial. I want to get back. Let's be honest, most of our trials are are other people. I want to get back at that person, whatever it is. But we're called to consider it joy when we have a trial. And guess what? When we do that, that, that stone that's dropped or implanted in our heart gets uprooted. And in its place is this Christ-likeness that is insane. I mean, have you, I don't, think of, hopefully you've seen someone who is going through a trial and not that they're happy and everything, you know, you don't have to act like everything's fine. But you're like, how in the world? How do they have joy? That is such a fruit that just shows God's goodness to the world that you're not going to find anywhere else. But it's, it's, it's what we're called to do. Um, as I've grown up, I think, and this is maybe just me, But I feel like the hardest thing, I feel like the hardest thing that Jesus calls us to do is forgive. Um, We're talking this week about, in class, uh, we were talking about marriage and divorce and everything. And uh, I shared how I had a a family member who, years ago, the, the marriage was rough. And you know, like, it's kind of weird. Like there's just like people start talking. You're like, oh man, here we go. You know, and stuff just starts pouring out between this couple and things that had been done um, that were sh- just shockingly hurtful from both. And I told them, it was 10, 15 years ago, I said, if you, if you can't forgive, if you won't forgive, you're not gonna make it. You have to be willing to forgive. Forgiven, genuinely saying, this person has hurt me. I mean, like, that's, the, that's where the biggest stones come from. Okay, now some of you, I don't want to minimize, like some of you might have uh, diseases or physical things that you might have to live through your, your whole life and I'm not minimizing those. But I think most people would agree the, the most painful, the hardest, most embedded rocks are when other people do stuff to us And then we come to this loving Savior who calls us to forgive that person. Now, it doesn't mean removal of consequences, that's a whole other thing. But forgiveness is where I say, You hurt me. I am not, I do not want, I'm not going to seek to hurt you back. I'm going to love you in return. That's really hard. I think it might be, maybe it's just for me, one of the hardest things that we're called to do as Christians. No revenge. Um, no holding to bitterness. Forgive that person. That's one of those things that the rock is there and the fruit does not look fun. I don't want that fruit. I want the fruit of anger and bitterness. I want to get back at them. But, but Jesus says, I mean, if you let that rock stay there and you hold to that bitterness... You're not going to have the fruit of Christ-like life in your life. And he says, you've been forgiven a great debt. You've been shown great love. You just show that to other people. And that's really hard. Some of you might be struggling with that right now. Our family has gone through that. And guess what? You have to regularly choose to continue to forgive. Those, that stone gets thrown in there and then you uproot it and then you're like, man, I just uprooted this last week. And then, you know, the the same stone from the same event is back. And then you got to trust that God loves you. You have to trust that forgiveness will bring joy and that bitterness is just going to bring more destruction. Jesus presents two paths that lead to two gates. One of them is an easy path. It's a nice, wide path. Lots of people on it. You know where it goes. It leads to destruction. The other path is narrow, and it's described as it's hard. The one that leads to life. And we don't earn our salvation by forgiving other people. We don't earn our salvation by these things. But the path for the person who is a, follower of Jesus, the path that leads to life is hard. And part of that is when difficulties come that we continue to trust that this difficult path is good and it leads to life. In the passage um, in Matthew, we see the reason. So, okay. So, all right, we got this. We got these rocks. Well, how do we what is it that causes this, this person to allow these stones to keep them from growing? There's no root. Um, this person has not walked in a life of allowing God to change them. So when these difficulties come, it's, it's kind of right away. It doesn't even really take hold in their life. So here's the thing. You're, you are going to face trials that will make you question whether or not God loves you. You are going to face trials that are going to make you question: Is it worth it to follow Jesus? Jesus gives a parable in Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-four through twenty-seven, about two houses. You're probably familiar with it, but we'll read it here. Everyone, then, who before I read it, okay, we um, I often used to think, oh, the 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 house that that stands is the one that believes in Jesus. And the house that falls is the one that doesn't. That's not true. And see if you can catch what he says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. In other words, it was rooted in rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The difference is not one received the word. The difference is one heard the word and obeyed it. It took root in their life. Your house is going to get beat. The storms are going to come, the windows are going to get broken, the shingles are going to get torn off. And it is not going to be, well, when I was a kid, I prayed a prayer. That is That alone is not what upholds you. He says, the one who hears my word and does it. And we're not talking about like the external things. We're talking about the person who has an attack of a, someone who does something terrible to them. And they are so rooted in what Jesus has done for them that they will forgive that person. And the world looks like that. And and then other people, right? That comes. That hurt comes. And they are not living out. They are not allowing God's word to take hold in their life. And it destroys their house. It destroys their life. And some of you know people like that. Oh, they're, they're walking. They're going to church. Whatever it is. Their house has collapsed. Because God's word didn't take hold in their life. They didn't walk in forgiveness. They didn't walk in humility. They didn't walk daily in trusting. So here's the thing. The tree doesn't stand the storm by preparing on that day. The tree withstands the storm because for years, every single day, its roots have been going down and getting nourishment every day and getting stronger. That's how you prepare. You do not prepare in the moment of the the testing. You prepare when the little stone comes. The little stone comes of, um, you know, honor your parents. Or um, just the, you know, the little, don't lie, or whatever it is. Those little things, and there's, or you face the difficulty of, oh, you look in the mirror, like we said yesterday. You look in the mirror, you see that little thing. That would be hard to, that would be hard to change. No, I don't want to do that. And you leave that stone there. And then these little stones pile up, and then the big one comes, and you're done because you have not rooted yourself in God's Word. Romans eight, Romans eight verses. Uh, we're going to read a few verses from twenty-eight through thirty-nine. We're skip a little bit. All I can do is all I can do is present it and. You have to ask yourself, does my heart trust God enough that this is actually true? Verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But it's not that everything will go well with you. We'll skip a little bit to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then verse 37, no, In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Here's how. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus calls you to forgive because He loves you. And he knows that on the other side of that forgiveness is joy and peace you're not, you're, you're not going to find anywhere else. Jesus calls you, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Okay. That's kind of a, like, obviously being married, that's more of like a prevalent one. Talk about like difficulty and that's not fair. That's not, you know, that's such a high standard. It's so easy to be like, oh, that's... I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to be like, I want somebody like, you know, average husband. Maybe not really terrible, but not good. Like, that's what we want. And Jesus says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And when, guess what, you face difficulty in that, and it's easy to say, that would be too hard. So, I, you know, I talked yesterday about how you see something that you realize that's been there for a long time. Yeah, I'm talking about marriage. And you see things in your life and you're like, wow, I've talked that way or I've acted that way for a long time. Jesus calls me to repent and to act differently, but, I, but I'm so used to this. I can either uproot that stone or I can let it sit there and get bigger and bigger. I think the stones really attack whether or not we believe God loves us. Like my dad said, God stabbed me in the back. In other words, God doesn't actually love me. If he loved me, he wouldn't let me go through this trial. He would have protected me from it. If he loved me, he wouldn't um, call me to love this roommate who's being mean to me. He wouldn't call me to um, uh, live with in sexual integrity he would let me just do whatever if he didn't if he actually loved me he would let me go down this easier path but instead he's sending me down this rocky path this real, this difficult hard path he does love you and the and nothing no difficulty no trial is going to separate you from that um i want to talk to you though who might be you're in a trial Maybe maybe you realize like this is going to go on forever, or you're in a really harsh one and you are you're feeling overwhelmed by it. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't want you to walk out of this feeling guilty. Um, often within Christianity, we can kind of present like, "Hey, you have to be happy through trials, and you're going through this difficulty. But you got to wear a smile on your face." That's not what the Bible says. There are trials that. The process is so hard, it affects you emotionally, it affects you physically, it affects you mentally, and it feels overwhelming. Do not confuse feeling overwhelmed by a a rock that you are uprooting. Don't confuse that with the person who has the rock in their life, in their heart, and is okay with it. If you are going through a trial, it is going to be hard. That's why they're called trials. That's why they're so difficult. Um, there's this guy. There's this guy who uh, was doing, following Jesus, doing what was right, having a huge impact, and then he got thrown in prison for a stupid reason. And after years, he actually questioned whether or not this whole thing was legit. You know who that guy was? This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the guy that baptized Jesus, saw the Holy Spirit come down upon him. That guy was at a point where he had a rock in his life that was so bad he was he sent messengers to Jesus saying, "Are you the one, or are we supposed to wait for somebody else? Was this worth it?" So, if you have a time, if you're in a time in your life, or you face a time in your life where you are you are struggling with it, if it's worth it, that's okay. You're going to struggle. But don't lose hope. And that's why I want to read this last passage from 2 Corinthians, because that's what trials do. They make us want to give up. It's just not it's not worth it. Let's read. I'm gonna read, I don't think it's up here, I just want you to listen. Second Corinthians 4. I'm gonna read seven through twelve and sixteen through eighteen. But we have this treasure For we who are alive and are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. Father, we weren't created to go through this stuff. Um, But You, You can help us endure. You can be... Exalted and glorified in the midst of terrible trials and daily trials. So we ask, Father, I pray for any students who this is them. They have gone through difficulties, they've gone through trials, and they have allowed bitterness and disobedience to take hold. They have rejected your promise that you love them. Would you help them to see that you? You love them. You care for them. That your way, though it is hard and though it is narrow, it leads to life. It leads to joy. I thank you for those here who are going through trials but are trusting you. And they are walking in obedience and they are seeing that their house is standing. Would they be a light to their friends and to everyone else? Would you give us uh, openness to the work that you want to do in our hearts and lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. Find out more about Encounter and ways to get involved at isuencounter.org.